Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon. I have attached the link on the website. So if you just visit the website, irelandsbirthstories.ie, you can then find the Patreon link there. Thank you to those that have. In this episode of A Moment With, I chat to Eva Rose. Eva is a birth photographer and also a doula. I'm sure you will have seen I share her images constantly on my stories because I just think they're incredible. They're really beautiful photos of women giving birth to their babies in the height of labour with their partners surrounded by family, friends, just in, in the environment that they want to be in. So really gorgeous pictures. But it has not been an easy road. So Eva has fought tooth and nail to get her imagery seen. Her Instagram page has gone missing on various occasions, but she was finally giving the go ahead to just share those pictures that I think we should all see. We then we talk about where this love of birth photography came from. And then we also discuss the healthcare system in Norway and the challenges those women overcome uh, to, to, to give birth, to give her birth with the support of a doula. Uh, home birth doesn't seem to be common over Norway. And then we also touch on the health system in Ireland. So I really enjoyed this chat and I hope you enjoy a lovely moment with Eva Rose. Eva, you're very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and chat to me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> so today I just want to talk about you. So I want to understand why you wanted to be a birth photographer and also just chat about the strength of these photos that you're showing. The, these intimate photos that are life changing for these families, photos that you wouldn't really otherwise get to see and are probably very influential in other people's births, people preparing for a massive transformative experience. So you're the third generation of photographer in your family? Yeah, that's right. I am. But why birth photography? 
Okay, so when I was seven years old, I saw my baby sister being born in my parents' bed. Oh, cool. And that was kind of an eye-opening. I, I was just amazed. I didn't know anything about birth at that time. It was in 85, 1985. So I, didn't, I hadn't seen any pictures on any movies. So I didn't know what the hell I was going to go through. But my mom really wanted to have me and my um, uh, brother there. So, uh, yeah. So as soon as the birth started, we were able to come and see our sister being born. And my father, who's a photographer as well, he took some pictures. And it's so nice to go back and see these pictures of me and my brother sitting in bed, looking at my sister being born. And it was just amazing. So I started being a photographer in Oslo. That's the capital in, uh, in uh, Norway. And one of my first uh, customers, that was a magazine called uh, Pregnancy. And uh, I was quite young at that time. I was 19 years old when uh, the boss invited me into a meeting. And I remember she was like, very like, um, I want to have a meeting with you, Eva. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, I didn't did something wrong. My picture's not good enough or something. And uh, yeah, so she was like, yeah, we have a little problem now because in this magazine, we want to have um, pictures of birth. And yeah, we have trouble getting photographers wanting to do this. So uh, I had some problems asking you, Eve, since you're so young, you're just 19 and I don't want to uh, ruin your relationship to birth. But I was just wondering if maybe you will want to take pictures of this. And for me, it was like my birthday and uh, New Year's and everything all at once. And I was just jumping up and down. And of course, I would love to. And she was kind of shocked by uh, hearing me telling me this. that Because I said to her, I saw my sister being born when I was seven. This is no problem. I will not be destroyed. So please let me do this. So from that day on, I just started taking pictures for this magazine. But this was just for pregnant women uh, to see. Like the pregnant women bought this magazine. But I really wanted to show everyone these pictures because, yeah, everywhere I just hear that, uh, oh, birth is the worst experience a woman can go through and it's more pain that you can bear and uh, it's just blood and gore. And and I was like, no, it's not. It can be the most beautiful and empowering experience. And I really wanted to show everyone these pictures. But Uh, Before social media, I couldn't. So this is uh, 23 years ago, I started taking pictures of birth. But yeah, at that time, almost nobody wanted to see my pictures. So uh, I was working very hard to kind of be able to show people these pictures because the media, they they wasn't interested. My friends wasn't interested. Nobody was interested. So uh, I had to wait until uh, 2014 And then I just decided, fuck it, now I just do it. I make a kick-ass exhibition and I just want to show everyone how beautiful a birth can be. And uh, so I did. I used all my savings and uh, just made uh, a big exhibition in the city hall. So I knew many people could come by and uh, a lot of tourists come by as well, looking at these pictures. And you could see babies being born in water and everything. And people was going around being like, oh, my God, you guys are crazy. Norway giving birth in water and the babies can drown. And, and I was like, uh, no, they are in water in the in the stomach. It's like they're breathing through the umbilical cord and had to explain. And then they were like, oh, wow. But it looks very nice to be in water. And suddenly more people were open up 
their eyes for another approach of birth. So that was the beginning. I think that's the beauty of your images. They're definitely a conversation starter and for anyone who's passionate about birth or anything to do with the woman's body during Mm -hmm. birth, we are totally open to questions. We want to answer those questions to kind of remove fear. And I think your images show without using words that fear doesn't have to necessarily be a factor. So what was the reaction to the images that you did share? And do you think you saw a shift in kind of opinion and maybe open mindedness? It was actually after I had this exhibition, suddenly the media uh, contacted me. I was on radio, I was on television and people were like wanting to know more about my work and what I saw and everything. And suddenly it was much easier to get all the information out there. And when I had this exhibition, there came a a team of um, a film crew, uh, two ladies wanting to make a documentary. And together we wanted to make a documentary about birth around the world uh, because I was thinking, this is how we give birth in Norway. Now I kind of know what we do in Norway and I'm interested to see what we're doing around the world. But at this, but, uh, we tried to get foundings and everything and we yeah. didn't. So uh, then we just uh, did a Norwegian one because in Norway, we, they say the government and the healthcare providers, everyone say that in Norway, we should have a choice of where we want to give birth to our babies. It could be in a birth center, it could be in a hospital or it could be at home. Uh, and then very few people knew that we actually had a choice. So that's why we made a documentary called The Birth Photographer. And these two women just follow me around on all kinds of birth, on the hospital with the epidural, without epidural, and uh, the home birth and the birth center and it's a C-section. And so I just wanted to, everyone to know that you actually have a choice. And while we were making this um, uh, documentary, I started on a book as well, because I knew that each episode in this documentary would be for like 10, 15 minutes. And I was so eager to get even more information out there. So uh, at the same time, I started uh, making a book book called Birth or Fetzel in Norwegian. And it's the same. I just wanted to share everything uh, about all from the normal physiological part of birth to okay, if you have to be induced, there's several different ways to be induced. Uh, This is the information about all the kinds of different ways and all the different kind of uh, birthing positions and uh, the pain relief. And I just wanted women to to know more because when I was standing in the birth ward, just photographing birth, I saw, I heard all these questions from the women. It was like, why is this happening? Why has nobody told me that this can happen? Why didn't anyone tell me that I had a choice? Why, why, why? So I was like, okay, let's just make a book so everyone can read and know about their choices and their rights. So around that time in 2016 and 17, I made this documentary and I made this uh, book and uh, I shared a lot of things in social media as well. But at that time, uh, as soon as just a little bit of a nipple was showing, uh, Instagram just took it away. And uh, it's, it just uh, continued. I was yeah. thrown out to Instagram so many times. I have no, <laughs> no idea on how many times. But uh, uh, there was a movement starting in, I think it was in 2017, in the States called Stop Censoring Motherhood. 
so uh, birth photographers and doulas and people around the world can actually share these kind of images on Instagram because birth is not porn. <laughs> and suddenly uh, the movement actually uh, made it possible to, to start sharing these images. So uh, at that time, a woman in uh, the States made me... Uh, um, uh, uh, or they, she contacted Instagram and uh, gave me kind of a filter on Instagram that made me be able to share every kind of birth because it was so sad that I, as soon as I showed a nipple or uh, a vagina or something, everything got deleted. And, uh, you know, a big part of birth is that. So so it was like uh, interesting. So at, in 2018, I got this approval from Instagram and uh, suddenly I could share everything. And so I did. And uh, I got so many messages from people all around the world telling me that they had no idea that birth could look like this. And uh, yeah, it's been too much fear surrounding in birth in so many times, in so many years now. And I saw that it just uh, increases more and more fear around birth. And I was like, no, I want to, I want to show these images so women could look at it and think that but this I can do as well. And this is what the messages from around the world was telling me. Like now when I see the movies and I see your pictures, I can see that this is something I can see my body can actually do. So thank you for giving me this uh, opportunity to look at birth another yeah. way and not be so much afraid and know about the oxytocin and hormones working uh, in my body and all the adrenaline and the fear what it can ruin and stuff like that. So it just boosted me to continue because in the beginning, I was a bit afraid of showing the crowning pictures. I love the crowning pictures, but it, but, I, but I was a little bit afraid of like, would I scare people by showing this? But as soon as I started sharing them, it was just the positive uh, comments from women who were like, wow, this just shows how amazing the body is. I love seeing the crowning photos and I feel a lot of us can relate to that very moment as well. So let's talk about um, being mm. a doula. So I know you're a birth doula. Tell me a little bit more about that. So that's a, a little bit funny part because uh, I was a doula before I even knew what a doula was. Uh, <laughs> because since I've been to been to so many births, I was just in the beginning. I was like a fly on the wall. I was just there with my camera taking pictures. But um, the more birth I had, the more confidence I had around birth. And when I saw a woman in need, I saw a woman in pain, uh, and uh, it just kind of made me uh, go, th uh, wanted to touch her, uh, talk to her, uh, make her believe in herself. And uh, yeah, it was mostly the physical part, like just going and touching a woman in labor in the beginning was like, is this strange to do everything in my body saying, please go over and just uh, hold her touch her make sure that she feels safe and secure so I, I started doing that and uh, um, I could see that it actually helped the women the, the women who need it because the partner was there in birth but he was uh, some birth the, the partner is just there sitting there uh, watching 
instead of being there physically, touching her, stroking her, doing all these uh, amazing hip squeeze and the massages and stuff like that. So I kind of just uh, used yeah. my intuition and, uh, yes, yeah, starting touching the women <laughs> in birth. And uh, it was just amazing. So as soon as I heard about the doula um, profession, I was like, okay, but I kind of do most of these things already. Uh, and that made me interested, more interested to know even more. And I just started doing some courses. I haven't done any proper education like the schools or anything. I just had some courses and massage courses. And I've been to hypnobirth course and spinning babies. And yeah, trying to learn as much as possible how to help a woman. Because being there with my camera is absolutely amazing. I love the fact that I can... Uh, take all these pictures and give the family all these memories but being there as a doula and being inside the birth bubble touching uh, uh, supporting the woman was even more incredible than being a birth photographer and I kind of had the possibility to mix those things I was a birth photographer of course but I was also a doula and at the last stage of birth uh, and the second the, the baby's born and the baby's brought to the mom's chest, uh, a doula is always just in the background or almost always in the background anyway because the partner should be there at her, the, supporting her, and the, the doctor or the midwife is being down there doing their job. So as a doula, I was in the background anyway. So then it was so nice to just use my camera to take pictures of the magic of the birth. So being able to do both is just incredible. But people can book me just as a photographer or as a doula and a photographer or just a doula as well. So when yourself and I was listening to your live with Emma, the Naked Doula, a couple of weeks back and you were chatting about obviously having to put a stop to your world tour that you had started embarking on. So let's talk a little bit about that because I'm obviously so intrigued. I would love to interview women worldwide. So let's... Just chat a little bit about that and where you got to in your first few weeks. Yeah, this actually started in 2014 when I had this uh, exhibition because uh, so many people from uh, tourists from around the world was visiting my, my exhibition. And they started telling me different stories about how birth was in their country. And that's why I was so interested in what's going around on around the world. So... Um, I've had this, this dream since 2014 and I tried to get different foundings and uh, uh, help to do this, but uh, nobody helped me. <laughs> but I was like, um, I don't care. if uh, Now I come to this point in life that this is something I really want to do. So I actually sold my house to be able to uh, found this trip. And uh, my boyfriend is uh, also a photographer now. He is a film photographer. Uh, so we could... Great combination. Yeah, it is perfect. So because I needed somebody to film as well, I wanted to have the pictures, but to be able to travel around the world, I didn't want just pictures. I wanted the movies. I wanted the interviews. I wanted everything around it. So yeah, the last couple of years, I've just been uh, trying to um, find all these nice births. And I did. I had so much nice birth all around the world planned for our trip. Uh, and we had, uh, we were supposed to travel for uh, one year, uh, 52 weeks. And uh, so we started in January last year. And uh, yeah, we traveled for six weeks and then the COVID hit us. 
So we were able to visit uh, Ethiopia and then we saw obstetric violence. Mm-hmm. We saw um, a woman who, uh, yeah, the midwife actually just uh, pushed the baby out from her stomach. It's called, uh, um, uh, yeah, what is it called in English? I can't remember now, but it was horrible. Oh. But it was such a nice thing that we were able to be there filming and uh, taking pictures of it so we could show the world that this, this isn't okay. We, we can't continue doing this because we know for sure it's harmful. And uh, it's been an article writing about this in the UK. And it's just amazing that we already just by being on the birth around the world trip for six days, we were able to suddenly be in a birthing suite in Ethiopia. I had no idea that that was even possible. But uh, a woman from the UK helped us to be able to come and photograph to birth in Ethiopia. And from there on, we went to UK uh, because in the UK, there's a lot of birthing centers. And I absolutely love birthing centers. Um, In Norway, when I was born, we had like 70 different birth centers Mm. all around Norway. Uh, And now we have five left. And these five uh, are, uh, yeah, they they want to close this last one as well. One by one, they're closing down. And I think it's so sad because they they just want to have all the uh, birth inside the hospitals. What's such a shame is I think we are really gaining confidence in the ability of our bodies to birth our babies. But unfortunately, the health systems aren't keeping us up with us. So we're not fully getting the support that we need or given the options that we would like to, mm-hmm. to give birth to our babies. So anyway, that's a whole other podcast, I think. But it's, it's so important to make the women aware that the, these options are there and that the research actually say that this is the best way to give birth. If you have a normal pregnancy and you are healthy, a birth center could be the absolutely best way to give birth because there will be uh, much less yeah. uh, un, uh, um, intervention, unnecessary intervention in this birthing suite. Uh, so... I'm like, I'm really fighting now in Norway to make people understand that we can't keep closing down all these lovely birthing centers. We have to build them up again. We need more, not less. And uh, yeah, it's the same with home birthing in Norway. It's now almost impossible to get a home birth. Even in the big cities around Norway, there's not not an option because there is not enough home birth midwife, because it's difficult to be a home birth midwife there in Norway. It's not supported by the, the official um, government. And uh, we should have like a system that works like in the UK or in Denmark or in the Netherlands. It's like home birth is part of the uh, official uh, healthcare system. So they, it's so much easier to bri- provide people a same safe home birth when uh, uh, the midwives from the hospital will come home to you and uh, they will try and uh, deliver the baby at home. If it's not safe, if there's any complication, the midwife will go home back to the uh, hospital where she knows all the colleagues, she knows the system, and she can continue caring for the same women. Here in Norway, if you have a transfer, the home birth midwife isn't even allowed to be in the hospital. So this uh, system is not working. They say in Norway that we should have um, choices 
and we deserve the choices because in the rules and the regulation they say a woman should have a choice but as it is now we don't have any choices left very very few women actually have a choice and so we are trying very hard now to change this and what are you doing to try and change it I am now at the moment making an organization in Norway and we call it your birth or in a Norwegian Dean Fetzel. It's like, it's your birth. It's your experience, your choices. So, uh, because I've been standing here trying to scream out loud for years, but nobody's listening to me. <laughs> so to, to be able to actually make, make some uh, difference, uh, I think it's good to organize yourself. So this is what I'm doing now. I found like so many clever people in the birthing industry uh, and collect them to a group. And now we are releasing this in a couple of weeks. So still, this is uh, nobody in Norway knows what we're doing, but we are making all the plans now and we're doing all the paperwork to be able to influence the birthing system because, uh, yeah, nobody is talking about the normal physiological birth anymore. It's just the hospitals and the intervention and the medicalization and so this organization is supposed to uh, give women the choices that we deserve and should have because they say already we have them, but it's yeah as more as uh, the, as long time as <laughs> sorry in my English uh, we have been trying so long to to have these options and it's just taking away from us one by one and now home birth was much easier five years ago than it is now. And so we are going the wrong way. So now we are trying to to just change it by making this organization and yeah. and yeah, being heard in a larger audience. In Ireland, we're really lucky to have the support of the government somewhat when it comes to the uh, home births. So we have the HSE-led home birth, which is self-employed midwives, community midwives. They look after us. So we have antenatal appointments, we have postnatal appointments, we have, they stay with us for two weeks after baby arrives. And then we have the private midwives as well. So that's another option because you do have to meet certain criteria to be approved by the HSE. And it's all wow. covered by the mm-hmm. healthcare system. Or as I said, you can go to private midwives. So there's a cost implication there. But we don't have any, we have two MLUs and there's no discussions to add any further units and we don't have any birth centers which I think is a huge huge problem so the only the main option is and the one that the majority of people go for is just the hospital Mm. environment I think there's only 331 home births last year so there's definitely room for improvement although we do have a great home birth system and there's definitely room for improvement huge room for improvement here yeah, it's the same. And now it's um, um, 30% of women are traumatized after giving birth. And that's too high number. So I, I think that we are in um, uh, a paradigm shift now. It's like it's been so much medicalization. And if we just look over to the US, we could see that uh, with too much medicalization, the numbers is going down. Like it's more... It's more dangerous with too much medicalization. We could see that from the US. So it's time to try, try and turn it. But to try and turn something like that, you have to reduce fear. Because are you afraid of giving birth? Of course, you want to be in the hospital and you think you are relying on the machines instead of being relying on yourself. 
And do you think education is the key to kind of lifting and shifting this this fear factor? Um, I think first time round we educate ourselves somewhat, but it's not until subsequent births that we just have much more to say because we've because we, obviously because we've been through it before, but we seem to have more of a voice. Yes, much more education and make the women talk out loud what they want and what they need because it's for too long now. Women have just been, okay, this is how it works. We just go into the hospital. We would just trust that they know their job instead of trusting your own ability and your own body to to do this kind of work. So, uh, And by showing pictures and movies and sharing all this knowledge, I know that we can make women more prepared and more able to do um, what what's needed for them to feel safe. They have to ask themselves, what do I need to feel safe? And if you don't know anything about birth, how could you know? So uh, it's much easier now with the social media and the podcast and everyone talking about birth now to to get an easy access to the good information and the knowledge. So uh, I'm very positive that we can change the way we are going, but slowly by slowly. And it's not enough that we doulas and the midwives are talking out loud because we need the women to be on board with it and be able to wanting to know more and wanting to take a bigger part in giving birth. Because, yeah, if I just look 15 years back in time here in Norway, Nobody knew anything. It was just, of course, we just go in and we just hope for the best. And yeah, many, it was many lovely births at that that time as well. But we could just see that um, now in this uh, world we're living in now, it's so many easy, we want the easy access, like the the easy way out. So many think that, oh, I want an induced birth because they think that that's the easy way out because then they know, we don't have to wait. We know we are dates. And yeah, the hospital can just do whatever they need to to get this baby out of me. So, but um, I can see a big shift. And uh, the women who had good experience now are more able to share them. Because from early, early days, it's like the, the, the history we are uh, taught is like, yeah, birth is the worst experience and it's dangerous and and if we if we believe in these stories and this is what we hear this is what we bring into the birth but if you hear or hear all these uh, positive birth stories it's much easier to have faith in yourself and the system but we have to do something with the system as well because if the women scream loud enough about wanting a change wanting the different um, options i know that in the end the government and the healthcare providers have to give women the options so and uh yeah it's the same if we just think about breach delivery um it, it wasn't many years ago that a breach delivery was okay then you have to take a c-section now we know that a breach delivery can be so easy and so beautiful inside a hospital with um uh, uh with giving birth vaginal and you can do it of course in, at home as well some uh, some countries can provide that in norway it's like if you have a breech baby, you don't, you're not allowed to give birth at home or in a birthing center. You have to go to the hospital. But still, there is more and more people uh, giving birth vaginal 
uh, to breach babies. And I love that. But still, here in Norway, all the breach stories I can hear is women giving birth on their backs because uh, this is what they say you have to do. And uh, I've been talking to Emma Spillane, a breach expert in the UK, and uh, she's been telling me that uh, the pelvis have so much um, bigger when you turn and stand on all four. So breach delivery should absolutely be on all four standing. Uh, but in Norway, it's like you don't have the midwives or the doctors that confident enough to do these kind of birth standing upright because there is another maneuver to get the baby out and they're not sure about that. So we need to educate healthcare professionals to be able to facilitate those kind of birth as well. That's something I was going to ask you. Do you think it's fear from the health professionals in the hospital, from the medical teams as well, that's kind of inhibiting these kind of on-your-feet labours and births? Do you mm -hmm. think that's a factor? Yes, I think. Too much fear in the system as well. Eva, that was so lovely. Thank you so much. I feel like we have so much more to chat about and hopefully we will in the future. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Moment With. As always, any suggestions, anyone that you would like me to interview, just send them across to the Instagram page or you can get me on IrelandsBirthStories.ie. Enjoy the rest of your week. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.